The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash cinemasins. He walks by the sleeping guy and just mindlessly chop, 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 yeah, chop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkins from, from Cinema Sins, joined by Jeremy Scott. What? what huh? <laughs> and Barrett Cher. Hey. And Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. What? Today we're going to be doing a mini pod. Squatty pod. Harley pod. Squatty pod. Yeah, there we this go. is our squatty second pod. squatty pod. Can you believe that? I can. This I can was that, that. Uh, this was that summer where you guys decided to go see everything, and it was a terrible summer, if I remember correctly. Because wasn't that like Ghostbusters and Born, Born something, <laughs> Jason Born? Yeah, Jason just Born. Jason Born. Yeah, Independence Day resurgence. Of course, this movie is no different. It's 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 added a the to it, and uh, it's suddenly yeah. a different movie. It's uh, it's the final the, destination of the Suicide the Squad. The final movies. destination. Yes. Fast and Furious, not the Fast and Furious, <laughs> and the Furious. So you're either dropping the thes or you're adding the thes, and it, it makes it a new product. But yes, we're going to be doing a mini pod on the Suicide Squad, um, a movie that um, it didn't uh, it didn't uh, like go to the box office, uh, didn't go away with a lot of money, did it? Um, it did okay, did decent, um, but um it's gotten great reviews and uh, we figured we'd we'd review it as well so uh review. let's uh let's take the temperature of our panel review. and um and uh, what did you guys think of it chris did you see this in the theater or did you watch no, it no i saw it on hbo max Jonathan, me too same thing yep okay so we all watched it now okay mm -hmm. yeah yes holla fucking luya <laughs> yeah uh, uh, all right so you just want to go through real quick uh i really enjoyed it all right. Would you like to add? Would you like to add non-spoiler things to your enjoyed it and why? Oh, for sure. Um, I thought it was really clever. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really weird. Um, yeah. And I saw a lot of really colorful imagery and, frankly, surprisingly interesting camera work that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. um, and I laughed a lot. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's my spoiler yeah. free. There you go. Barrett. <laughs> you know, I, I enjoyed this. I, I think I was a bit of a victim of uh, too high expectations, which is mm. my own fault. Uh, but I was a little bit geeked with this because I had saw the advanced word of mouth. Um, you, you saw the trailers were fantastic for this. They really were. 
Um, and I enjoyed it. We'll get to it a little bit. I, I think there was a little bit, I say this a lot, but a little bit too much indulgence, um, mm-hmm. in a certain, in a certain, um, kind of a subgenre, I guess. But I mean, the, there is no comparison in my mind with this and the, the first movie. Oh first movie God. for many reasons, uh, is a tire fire. I agree with this that. is, uh, eminently watchable, very enjoyable. I think there was a little bit to be desired, but I enjoyed myself. Well, and this doesn't feel like the first one just is cut up all to hell, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's studio interference and all that stuff. This is definitely feels like a complete vision. I cannot believe somebody got $185 million to make this movie. Uh, I th- probably not since like Batman returns. Have I been like, just like, how did this movie get financed and made at that level? Um, and so for that, I commend it in a way it's hard not to enjoy it a little bit on that level. Um, I didn't like the movie, though, uh, when all was said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, you did not like the movie? No, not really. Wow. I, I I thought it was intermittently funny. Um, I think Stallone and Robbie pretty much stole the movie. Uh, and they, those are the two that I enjoyed the most. Um, and so I did laugh occasionally. I, uh, I geeked out a few times, but like, I don't know, just overall, I just, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I couldn't really connect with it. I just didn't really enjoy it. I didn't like it. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Chris? Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I did enjoy this. I would, I thought at the beginning I was, we were in for a rough ride because they do this, uh, they have this conversation about what this weasel character is. And it's like, is it a dog or is it a oh. what kind of dog? Is it and blah, blah, blah. And it just feels unnatural. Like it just felt like this, this is just not going anywhere for a while. I was like, are we going to have a bunch of like things where they stop in the middle of the action to discuss things like this? Like they're like, it's Quentin Tarantino doing the dialogue yeah. or something like that. And, uh, and then it slowly won me over because, uh, there's a scene somewhere that we won't go we'll get into the spoilers that I thought the comedy was ratcheted up pretty well uh, with, and it has a, and this big scene has a, a nice punchline to all the action uh, that happens. And I know maybe what you you're get, talking about. Yeah. I think you know what, you're ta- what I'm talking about. Um, I thought the, 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 the ending of this movie was a little over long. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what, what contributes to the two hour, 12 minute runtime. Um, uh, it, it just feels like it's almost over and then it's got 30 minutes left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's another uh, strike against it. So if we're grading these before we get into spoilers, I would give this a solid B. I would give it a B plus. Wow. I thought I was going to be much lower than you guys, but I'm, I'm right in that same thing. It's a B for right now. I wish man, why don't, why don't movies just trim that eight, to 10 minutes this there is there is tighten it up and it, yeah. it would be near an a for me near somewhere around there there's a solid 80 minutes here like there's a solid 80 to 90 minute movie here right i'm giving it a c i mean i'm not i'm not dogging it completely i mean i didn't hate it but i didn't like it i was i was very much in the middle with it so i'm giving it a c i mean I but think, if you were go ahead uh i think it's pretty clear that they gave him free reign both in Absolutely. terms of the story and the budget. Um, and I think that's part of why it's two hours and 12 minutes long. I, I have, when we get into spoilers, I have one specific section that I think is pointless that I would cut that would free up about 20 minutes 
And then the, the, the finale also needs a little trimming. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty clear he had absolute final say in everything. Yeah, let me let me let me change what I said a little bit. I I don't have a problem with it being two hours and twelve minutes. I'm just saying I think maybe there is like a ninety eighty to a hundred minutes there that I makes agree. it just a little tighter. But the part of what I respect about this movie and part of what I kind of dig about it is the fact that he was just. I, I don't know something about just giving like some crazy dude like James Gunn 185 million and just like here you go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's odd because they reportedly called him within 24 hours of him being fired <laughs> from Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and I I have to believe you know the unlimited budget or what you know anything under 200 million was mm-hmm. promised pretty early um, because I think he's even said he thought about doing Superman like they gave him kind of like. Yeah, free reign for all their properties, and this is the one he wanted to make because he clearly loves, you know, lovable losers who do bad things for good reasons. I feel like his 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 love of like his work with Troma and and uh, Lloyd Kaufman, I think that I think that was something that probably appealed to him too with the Suicide Squad because you could kind of you can kind of play around in that type of area, like yeah. like yep. like you could throw the Toxic Avenger in here and it would make sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's interesting. And I do, this does lead me to believe that maybe Warner Brothers is taking, giving a little more creative control to these things now. So this, even though I didn't like this a ton, this makes me a little more interested in The Flash mm. and some of these movies that are going to be coming, you know, uh, down the road. Maybe they realized that their control wasn't helping mm-hmm. uh, before this. Um, it's well, a big deal, right? Because, okay, when you have unfettered director's vision you get Zack Snyder's Justice League when you have studio interference vapid studio interference you get <laughs> the theatrical version of Justice League or you get the first Suicide Squad, of Suicide yeah. Squad right or Spider-Man 3 do, do editors <laughs> not have any like say over is is the director just the director of the project and they're it, it it doesn't seem like an editor, and of course we're not in the room, and I'm not in the room, and I'm talking out of my ass here. But it doesn't feel like there's a Thelma Schoonmaker or something like that for every Scorsese that can say like, you know what? No, maybe maybe we trim ten minutes off of this and tighten it up. <laughs> it's a weird example, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like I wish I wish some people would get a little more get, know people in there. Yeah. Yeah, who knows who is responsible ultimately for whatever. I mean, do would we know if James Gunn got final cut on this? Like, would we know that for sure? And Only it, because I've seen him make several statements like, they didn't make any suggestions for me to change any characters. I was allowed to use anybody I wanted. I've seen him make a few statements like that, but I haven't seen him outright say I had final cut. Mm-hmm. Um but he seems to have been quite pleased with how much you know room they gave him. So two editors worked on this. I've just looked really quick. I was curious. One is Fred Raskin, who did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Jay, it looks like he does a lot of work with Tarantino, but he also did Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy's Christian Wagner, who did True Romance, Man on Fire, Face Off. Tony Scott guy. Yeah. Well, Basically. From what I understand, I think in this case, Gunn would have been in the room when the edits were being made. And I'm probably sure he had the authority to overwrite them. And of course, this is the opposite of the rumor of what happened with the first one is that they 
they didn't like Ayer's cut. They got nervous and they had the trailer guy cut the movie. Is is the rumor yeah. that I've heard? And um, so, the, in that case, then Ayer did not have control over that edit. Um, it's kind of murky. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what what goes oh, into all is. these type of things. It's 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 all speculation. I always think about stuff like uh, Kathleen Kennedy firing Lord and Miller over the mm-hmm. solo production, and uh, and you know how you know they're hiring directors that they think will will give them the movie that they want but if they trail off what they've originally agreed on yeah then there's problems so i think directors can make any movie they want to make as long as they stay in the lane and uh and uh and you know this is what's probably happened uh, here with this movie james gunn was was basically a, a, given a wide lane to do yep. what he wanted I yeah. just want to be in this pitch room. No, I want I want Gunn to be telling. I want to see him telling WB execs. Okay, so this one guy is called Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I bet yeah. the crazier the pitch, the more they ate it up. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the spoilers on this movie. No spoilers. Miss Luke's what? father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. Uh, my favorite moment in this movie is when they're killing all those dudes and it's and it's uh, Peacemaker and uh, the Idris Elba character that we know we're going to mess up a million times, Bloodsport, um, uh, uh, going around and like showing off, basically. <laughs> what? He walks by the sleeping guy and just mindlessly chop, 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 yeah, chop, yeah, yeah, stab him with yeah, the axe yeah, yeah, and then yeah. leaves it in his chest and keeps walking. That fucking yes. kills me. And they kill all these guys because they've been told that uh, Flag's been kidnapped or whatever. And so they, uh, they, uh, they, they, I mean, why wouldn't they think that these are bad guys who took him? and everything and by the end of it you know, they they find flag it's completely fine he's sitting there talking to alice braga or whatever and uh they're just kind of having a cordial conversation now who knows why they couldn't hear all that commotion outside i'll yeah. i'll never understand that but the fact is they were the freedom fighters that that are <laughs> trying to, to overthrow uh, the, the corrupt government out of them too man they <laughs> absolutely every new kill is an adventure. And that's why that casual, because Cena like goes up and slits somebody's throat, like does something really egregious. And that's mm-hmm. when he casually walks by and just does that chop, chop, chop. Like he's <laughs> yeah. cutting roast beef yeah. at a, at a buffet. <laughs> it's yeah, the some, some dude also- with his dick hanging out, walks yeah. by the, the window and just blow him away. I really yeah. enjoyed. Uh, I did like this moment. It was great. <clears throat> I really enjoyed the polka dot man character throughout. Yes. Um, I yeah, love that actor. This, in this scene when he, he does his thing and John Cena is like, he really does throw polka dots at people. And he just says, I don't like killing, but when I picture my mother, it's so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Just before you've gotten any of the backstory on his mother. Um, and uh, when they call him Norman Bates later, right? Doesn't somebody call yeah. him Norman Bates? Yeah. I almost wish that they didn't expand on that joke at all. Like didn't give us any, like backstory about her, his mom being the one that got him this virus that he has, uh, uh, you know, never showing like all the different, you know, moms as the characters throughout. Although those can be pretty funny at times when he's looking, you see his perspective and everybody is his mom, but it's such a great, much greater joke 
if they don't ever explain it and he just says i just imagine everybody's my mom and then just they don't we don't hear anything else after that um no i agree because that's like kind of like kind of like with the rat catcher and the king shark characters like they don't really explain a lot of that they just kind of let them be that you know and i and 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 i think that's i think that's funny you know i think that's mm -hmm. a little more interesting i i agree with you on that that's a david dast malchian i don't know if that's how you say his last name yeah i would i would assume dust malchian yeah i don't i don't know He's been around for a minute. He had a really memorable role on that on the TV show The Flash, actually, as Abracadabra. But uh, he hopefully this year, I think he's going to, huh? He's been in a lot of DC, and he was in Ant Man as well. Yeah, he's also in. uh, He was in Prisoners, the the Villeneuve movie. Um, He's probably going to kind of blow up this year, which I'm glad about because he's also in Dune. So that'll be that'll be cool. As an aside, we had a we had a sin in the uh, the Dark Knight video about that guy Mm -hmm. and. And uh, we said, I think it was something to the effect of how does Batman know this guy is uh, from the asylum or whatever. Yeah. And we had some comment where somebody was like, uh, duh, that scarecrow from the last movie. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that was him. This is the this is the no. kind of fucking bullshit. No, no. I'm saying this was the guy that got that that guy. I've heard this story before. I'm just saying I forgot that was that actor that was in that scene, though, that somebody said was Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was early days YouTube where mm-hmm. you're just like, how do you deal with these? Fu- how do you deal with these fuckers? I mean, it's just like it's like you think that that guy is Scarecrow, even though you saw the real Scarecrow earlier in the movie. OK, anyway, how does this movie have more pop music cues than the last Suicide Squad? That's what I want to. Well, know. it's James Gunn, though. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy has those too. <laughs> yes, but I, I bet you, if you counted them, there's way more here. Probably because Marvel says no, James, only five, and DC said fifteen. Sure, no, because yeah. <laughs> I got to like halfway through the movie, and I thought because that's the biggest thing that stood out to me in the first Suicide Squad. Because in the opening, there's like six different song cues oh in the first God. fifteen minutes. And I was surprised by how much pop music there was in this film, even though it's James Gunn. Uh, But I did love the opening titles one. I was not familiar with that song that these are people who died, died. You've never heard that song? Oh, my God. I would have thought you would have heard that. That's a that's a that's. Awesome song. That was the grand, music. the grandson song. Oh yeah, that's over the credits, the end credits. I've listened to that probably a thousand times since I mm-hmm. watched this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I would, I would say James Gunn's probably responsible for the music, but that's also a Zack Snyder thing, who's a producer on this movie, um, mm-hmm. of putting a lot of these like songs over a lot of different things. Now, who knows if James Gunn was the guy who said, "Hey, we need a lot of songs." Or if it was somebody like Zack Snyder who came in and said, yeah, man, wouldn't it be hilarious if Zack Snyder actually came up with the mother thing with Polka Dot Man? That would be kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Martha. (laughs) Martha. Right. Um, This is really good, James, but you should you should make him see his mother all the time and you should bring attention to it. Call him Norman Mm -hmm. Bates. Yeah, it'll be funny. Because David uh, David Ayer said something to the effect of "There's no fucking pop music in my cut of the Suicide Squad," <laughs> and so that was, and of course, if they did hire a trailer editor, the first 15 minutes of that movie is now perfectly explained because um, that is exactly what a trailer editor would put together. But anyway, 
Think about oh, the so difference the- in the openings, though. I mean, I, I now mind you, we know some of these characters already because I forget, you know, we forget Harley was introduced in, in Suicide Squad and like Boomerang and Flag. But even with that, I mean, they throw so many characters at we've never heard of before. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Like, the way they do it is fine. Whereas if you go back and watch Suicide Squad, like you said, it's like it's like seven or eight. 10 minute introductions for like yeah. every fucking character. Yep. I got no um, time. I, I, I just <clears throat> sent this uh, in a, in a recent video, but this end media race thing is getting so tired for me of the one week ago. You know, I wonder <laughs> how, how I got, you may wonder how I got here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I understand why they did it in this movie, but is it necessary? No, I don't think so. And that's that's part of the, I, the I will say the thing that could be tightened up. The on screen text for all that shit I thought was brilliant. <laughs> uh and at least tried to be creative. For the like transitions. No, like, uh, meanwhile, with Harley, or uh, the dust rolls in and yeah, it says yeah, yeah. now yeah. on the Operation beam. Operation uh, Harley, right? Yeah, here. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought no, all I that agree. stuff was really cool. Even the well, Jotunheim one Much better than the, the graffiti in the original one. Yeah. Just came yeah. And their stats. Yeah. Can, I, can we talk about the opening a little bit, though? Um, I'm really kind of confused about some of this, though, because, like, so, so they do the whole thing where you know, Joel Kinnaman comes in and is like, you know, inter- like I think what is Michael Rooker's characters who were introduced to, right? Yep. He's like being introduced to the new team. And that's where you get like, uh, uh, God, uh, who, uh, you got the javelin guy. You've got, uh, Big Dick Pete, Big Dick. DK weasel. Yeah. Ooh, and then, right. uh, yeah. Pete Davidson, Nathan Killerman is Nathan Fillin is TDK. Uh, sorry, yeah. Nathan Killerman. What the hell am I doing <laughs> blood here? Sport, Anyways, bloodshot, Deadpool. So we, so, so we find out Waller is. I don't. I guess she's setting them up so she can get the other team in. But the only thing that confuses me about that is like, so she's giving up. She's giving uh, Kenneman's character up though. Like that kind of confused me. Although she does have them go after him, and she puts Harley on that team. No, that's the thing. Is that <laughs> it, that doesn't make sense? Well, I'll, yeah. we'll have to send that Harley mm-hmm. and and. Um, uh, rage guy um <laughs> Kinnaman. yeah he, uh, they don't they don't belong on that team but if he doesn't if he doesn't write them on that team he doesn't hook you the way he wants Absolutely. when he starts killing everybody off you think this is the team in that opening scene until everybody starts dying and it's like oh, i see where we're going and then he just has to convenience that harley and rick flag stay alive even though they well, should, be. she's absolutely I, sacrificing all of them. I love how that teaser is literally a lie. <laughs> the the first teaser, because that's who you get introduced to, is basically all those guys, and then they do show like Polka Dot Man and stuff. But and I can't say I was upset that I I, I didn't want to watch Pete Davidson play that character for two hours. I'm I'm sorry, no. and I didn't want to see Jai Courtney again. <laughs> like I didn't know, <laughs> so I was okay with some of this. <laughs> <laughs> or Michael Rooker with his Nelson hair. That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um. I, yeah. I didn't understand that. Although the, the Harley Quinn uh, thing uh, later on where she escapes is really funny too. It's another oh, one yeah. of those where they drop. I, the, I can go back you know, in. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so good. I'll tell you what the action sequence is. Both that one where they go into the rebel camp mm-hmm. and the one where Harley escapes, where it's a, it's a mashup of, Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey in that in Birds of Prey, it yeah. was only confetti and all that stuff. What is it? Uh, Dan buys a maze, John buys a maze or whatever 
that uh, that thing where they have confetti oh, uh, instead yeah. of blood. It's it's uh, build build a maze. Dave uh, build a maze. Dave, or something Dave, like that. Dave builds a maze or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah so they use that a lot in, in Birds of Prey, which I thought was brilliant. I thought that was beautifully done. But in this one, you get the 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 gore, and then it turns into her perception of it with all the the paisleys and the the hallucinations. And I thought, and her per, her her acting in this, you know, it's it, it's a character you can only do so much with. I think, given the constraints of the scripts, but I think she nailed it. Uh, on, I think she keeps getting thing. better and I love I love Birds of Prey. I think Birds of Prey is better than this, but I think she keeps getting better. Like this was my some of my favorite uh Harley stuff, like the stuff with the dictator uh, or the general whatever he was. Oh and, yeah, it's so good. It's and, so good. And then we already talked about uh her breaking out and having that little moment with Flag and then the even the the I mean the Milton thing was kind of silly, but um she pulled it off like she made that joke work even though it wasn't a great joke maybe but mm-hmm. I, I don't know it just when she called him milton at the end it's it was just... so funny well yeah that <laughs> one was better than yeah the whole breakdown of polka dot man being mad yeah, that, that was weird know who, i didn't i thought the better joke again like chris was saying chris was saying somebody said earlier that a, a joke kept going when it would have been funnier if it just yeah the mom joke mm-hmm. um much like that i think um, it would have been a lot better if we fuck. What are we talking about? The Milton thing. The Milton thing. If he because they're loading <laughs> up, they're putting up their they're putting up their guns and they're gearing up. Yeah. And Milton grabs a gun yeah. and Bloodsport's like, well, no, like what the fuck are you thinking? And that could have been the joke. Yeah. And then he very clearly starts following them, and then I felt like they overdid it. Yeah. Um, the one scene that I don't think needs to be there, even though there's some memorable stuff in there is the scene when they drive from the Freedom Fighter camp in the van, in the normal clothes, to the gentleman's club just to kidnap Doctor Who. Um, And then they get themselves (laughs) kidnapped into a car accident in an exact spot they programmed on a GPS. None of that has any bearing on the story. Mm -mm. Like, the Freedom Fighters could have just already captured the thinker guy, and it's the on to Jotunheim, and I get we get some character development in there, but not a ton because it's mostly like the shark going, I can disguise with mustache. And they make jokes about that. And then we mm-hmm. get the rat. We get why Bloodsport hates rats. That's basically what we get out of that scene. Mm-hmm. And that is another one of my complaints is that I feel like there's movies being praised for having a lot of heart. And I don't get mm. that. I don't either. Uh, and I don't uh, I don't <laughs> think it's really intended to have I heart. I think it is. I think just from what I've read, Gunn really likes these characters like yeah. the raccoon in the first movie and Guardians and then Weasel. He, he really loves these losers. And there's so much there's so much work done in this script to try and make it have heart. Like when. Uh, Polka Dot Man tells his story about why he hates his mom. And then Rat Girl tells the story about Rat Daddy dying. And then Bloodsport tells a story about being covered in rats. And I'm just like, you know, enough. They're they're criminals. They're doing this because they got a thing in their head. You don't have to convince me there's like, she keeps saying the rat sees good in you. And I'm just like, you just wasted 15 seconds of the movie. Hey, can I... Can I talk just real quick about wasting? No. Because. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. No, go ahead. There's two characters in this that I don't know why they went out and got. Now, to a latter, a smaller extent, Storm Reed, who is at the beginning of her career, but is a dynamic actress. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But man, when I see Taika Watiti in the opening credits, I expect to see him for more than 15 fucking total. There is seconds. a story behind that, but yeah, I know what you're what saying. What is the story? Well, he was originally going to, I don't remember who he was going to play. I don't, and I don't know that they've ever said who he was going to play, but then he started working on Akira and then he was going to direct a a live action version of Akira. And then that fell apart. And when it fell apart, he basically went back to gun. They had already cast that role, but he was like, dude, but come on. So, I mean, it was just kind of a, Interesting. It was just kind of a favor type thing. So, um, okay. a couple of things I want to retread real quick because uh, everybody was uh, uh, talking about points in the movie. It's Dave Made a Maze is what the movie is called. Cool, awesome. Um, uh, the uh, the other thing was I was going to talk about. You know, we you know, we were talking about how Flag is in that team. That's the the decoy team and everything. Mm-hmm. Since Gunn is already putting in some of his old actors from Guardians and other movies in this, why couldn't it have been somebody like Chris Pratt leading that team? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure there might have been even thoughts. I'm completely out of my depth here saying this, but maybe there were talks where they said, "Hey, Chris Pratt, would you like to be in this for a second so that I can do this scene in the movie?" And he wasn't available, but. I think it would have made it better to have another kind of like name actor who wanted, who doesn't mind getting paid peanuts to come in for five minutes of the movie. I know five minutes is actually more like a month of your time, but, um, but, uh, it might've been, it might've been fun to put somebody other than flag in there. And so you put somebody like Chris Pratt (laughs) in there and, and, uh, and run it. You, you, you really get sold on the fact that this must be the, you know, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about any other team or anything at that point. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they put um, the trailers like that, like introducing, you know, like, you know, Chris Pratt, like mm-hmm. have him as a headliner and everything. Yeah, that would have been well, the cool. Trailers the trailers could have sold everything a little better, but the money men wouldn't have let them hide, you know, Idris Elba and King mm-hmm. Shark and all that stuff. If they'd have only ever shown us that team in the first 10 minutes, that would have been a, well, a yeah. true rug pull. Um, but this is a this is one of those movies that really puts me in the middle of Dicer's no watching trailers and me watching trailers because if you're Dicer and you're going to see everything, then all this movie's surprises are fun. But of course, I don't think he liked this movie very much. But um, <laughs> if you're me, the only reason I'm watching this movie is because the trailer sold me. I was mm-hmm. already. I was not on board until the trailer, but then when I saw the movie, there were like four really fun moments that I just, I was unable to laugh at because I had seen them already. Mm. And I really felt like uh, jealous of Dicer for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Cause they showed, didn't they show in, wasn't there a red band trailer where they showed King shark pulling the guy apart? Yes. And yeah, like there was, there were some moments that probably the trailer I would have been a little Harley more breaking wild. out. Harley saying I'm already broken out. I can go back in. The trailer had them interrogating the, if you get, if you have parking tickets, you you're dead or whatever that joke oh, was. My favorite part of that was when she just said, I'm walking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, She's so awesome. This may have, one of the more devastating final lines of a bad guy that I've seen in a movie in a while. You remember the, you know, it's this, it's this starfish and he's oh uh, throwing all these baby starfish on every, on all these people. And they, they become controlled mm-hmm. by the starfish. And um, at the very end, we see one of the people with the, with the starfish on his face. And he says, I was just, 
looking at the stars out in the sky, you know, in the sky. I was perfectly happy. Yeah. Yeah, I was perfectly happy. And you think about the story that this movie's told. The uh, Americans have gone into space. They've basically taken this starfish and uh and uh they've done all this uh, experiments and everything and then they bring it back to earth and i mean you you start th- this is what i like about uh villains and movies that that have a reason they're not just pure evil and everything yeah um that is one of the most devastating things i've ever heard i i think a lot of people might miss this line actually um at the at the end of this movie because it sounds like some just regular i mean it doesn't sound like much of anything people can just kind of gloss over while that happens but god that hit me man that hit my that hit me hard wow yeah i'll have to rewatch that bit um i don't i mean i did i do remember the line but i will stay i was kind of checked out because like you were talking about earlier and i think i liked it even less that final battle just I lost interest so quickly in that mm. final battle. There's mm-hmm. also the scene though, where polka dot man, you know, makes that, you know, fires at the legs or whatever, and, you know, makes it fall over. And then he's like, I'm a fucking superhero. And then he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also, uh, I wonder about these. I've seen you now three iterations of suicide. Oh, actually four iterations of suicide squads. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I always wonder how the team is picked. Like there's a bit of a joke in this movie where they, they throw the weasel into the water and, and they're like, you didn't know he couldn't swim. Like, and they look at the one dude who's apparently the guy who gets all this team uh, to get together and everything. Um, but I sit there and I go, if you're about to do this mission where you're, you're trying to um, you know, ma- secure a flash drive to make sure that nobody knows that you took the starfish down here. That's pretty, that's pretty much it, right? They were trying to make sure the mm-hmm. flash yeah. drive was secure. Um, if you're doing that, why do you why do you pick the person who can call rats? Like the rats are important at the end, but how do you know that the rats are going to be important at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're doing this, you don't want to have somebody who can just call rats at command. I don't understand the point of that like you have at that bell rev or whatever it is that she's keeping all these uh these criminals there's probably like a hundred other people that could do better job Mm -hmm. than someone who could just pull up a light and make sure and be like the pied piper or something you know so i i i know that a lot of the times the choices are made to be humorous and that's that's the point of them and everything. But I I just think within the body of the movie, why would you pick the rat person or, some, or even like Polka Dot Man, who's a guy that clearly has no confidence in any of his abilities? Why would you throw him into the middle of a you know a, a top mission like that? It it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But although his his attacks are devastating, though. Oh no, they yeah. are they are. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying personally, like his he's not aware like he doesn't like you can just tell like he's not a very like confident person he's not a fighter you know i think i laughed as hard at at the end when it cuts back to the beach and weasel wakes up and Mm -hmm. starts screeching and runs away as i did at anything else in the whole fucking movie this is uh, this is james gunn's brother right yeah, yeah, Sean Gunn. And he also apparently the calendar man's in like I didn't even catch this. It's all people complaining about it. What what was the because people are will complain about anything. I didn't know people loved Calendar Man that much. They like, no one did. They no don't. one knew that. It's like yeah. Living Condiment King or something. Yes. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
But that reminds me of another thing. Uh, there's that character that shows up out of nowhere, and they said he's been here the whole time. <laughs> and, oh, and it's like I didn't, I didn't know him. I didn't see him this whole time. It's like, oh yeah, is, is his name Malcolm or something? Mil- like Milton. That? Yeah. Milton. Because <laughs> I was sitting there going, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> and then like they, he gets killed, and they're and they they're like, "Who was that?" Uh, it's Milton. He's been with us the whole time. <laughs> um. What? Oh, I forgot. Oh, and the the thing about the weasel, though, I will say though that is, I mean, I think, I think, Chris, I think we, I think we talked about this and we did that attack. Uh, was it Arkham Assault on Arkham or whatever that movie was? Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that there's all that is a thing in the comics where it's almost like a Spinal Tap drummer. Like they'll start the mission and one of them always immediately gets killed. Yeah, they'll yeah. just those throw in some random uh, bad guy and then kill mm-hmm. them in the comics. Well, that yeah. even happened in the first Suicide Squad with yeah. the. Uh, with yeah. it was the West Studi character. I, I can't right. remember who he was now, but yeah, I don't want to remember. <laughs> he jumped on the building and then he got he <laughs> got his head blown up. Yes, he I could have sworn it was Boomerang from the no, last movie. Boomerang and is I John was Courtney. like, oh, he's back in this one. All right, whatever. Yeah, it was like yeah. him, and I guess it was kind of like at the end, him and Will Smith and Margot Robbie were kind of like the. I guess the three that, you know, the team or whatever. I don't oh, know. The, I don't remember. Big fire guy was. Oh, oh yeah, he was around too. That's right. Mm hmm. What the fuck was he in this movie? (laughs) Or was Will Smith? Hey, what are you guys uh, going through the cast? We haven't talked about um, um, all of a sudden. I can't think of people's names. Uh, uh, John Cena. I don't really know that I get this. I I don't get John Cena as a movie star. I I, I don't know what it is, but do you guys like him? Like I I just Dave Bautista in this role. I thought he was great I do like I, I, oh, I didn't like him in this at all i no i i think dave bautista in guardians of the galaxy is more interesting than john cena in this movie uh, I, th- I disagree oh you guys I like bautista in guardians the first one i don't I'm like guardians of the galaxy guy. volume two i like i like dave bautista and Go- i like yeah. dave bautista in both of those guardians of the galaxy. i like him also in the blade runner he's uh 2049 i think he's good in that uh, but I do like John Cena, and it's not—it's not an either or for me. Oh no, I understand. Uh, but uh, but John Cena hmm. uh, is funny. Especially, I mean, we, I, you, I mean, during the last syncast we recorded, I was talking about how I love that scene where he's like, "Starfish is a uh, slang for a butthole." Do you think that's going to the kind of going to come up? And <laughs> and she's just like, "No." And he goes, no. He's, he's right the notes <laughs> and it's off down. camera, too. I didn't yeah. realize it's off camera. It already shifts back to her perspective. You just hear him in the background go, no. I, yeah. like, <laughs> I did like Waller better in this uh, than mm-hmm. I did. In the, which, yep. I mean, you know, I, I think that probably has a lot to do with the writing and directing and stuff. But I liked how they played with the Waller. And we and I loved the. I didn't love it, but I the stuff with her and her team uh, was, was amusing at times. And, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then that woman at the end that just takes her out. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that was a that was a nice little thing at the and, end where Waller looks over at those two people and she's like, "You one of you fucking knocked me out. I'm gonna find out who the fuck that is and everything by the end of." And they're just kind of working like doo doo doo, nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like that. Um, uh, okay, anything else to talk about this movie before we wrap up? Fuck it. Okay. Fuck it. That's right. Fuck it. Um, okay. So we all basically kind of liked this except for Jonathan. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Uh, yeah. Jonathan's the asshole. Send hate mail to, no. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, that's going to do it for this mini pod. Mini pod. Um, keep going to, uh, Sendcast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, 
uh, music video sends Twitter, SoundCloud, and Discord. Uh, that's going to do it for this mini pod. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.